Good Friday morning. The war rages on in the Middle East. But is there a glimmer of hope for families of the hostages? It's November 10th. This is today. Breaking overnight, Israel carrying out intense new strikes on Gaza, but now agreeing to a daily humanitarian pause in the fighting. President Biden calling it a step in the right direction. We'll have the very latest and where negotiations to free more hostages, including Americans, now stand. Surprise announcement. Democratic Senator Joe Manchin says he will not seek re-election. The impact being felt on Capitol Hill. And the unanswered question, could he now join the 2024 presidential race? On notice, with Americans already feeling the impact of inflation and sky-high prices, a new signal that interest rates could go even higher. So what does it mean for your bottom line and your holiday shopping? We'll break it all down. Urgent manhunt inside the search for suspects in the armed carjacking of a Chicago family in their own driveway. And the FBI alert on the alarming rise in similar crimes nationwide. Pay up. Robert De Niro's production company found libel in a high-profile discrimination case brought by his former assistant, what both sides are saying. All that plus honoring our military, the nation pausing to observe Veterans Day. We'll pay tribute to those who serve with a special morning on the plaza today, Friday, November 10th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to you today. Glad to have you with us on a Friday morning. Hoda's back on Monday. We've got Veterans Day. And look outside. Our plaza is filled with service members from every branch of the U.S. military. A combination of some active duty members, a bunch of vets as well. We're going to get outside and, and honor them in just a bit. We also have a really cool story later in the show about a veteran who's created some new technology to help people with disabilities as well. All right. So we will honor our veterans this morning. Let's get to our top story. Those new airstrikes in Gaza overnight. The Israeli offensive as fierce as ever. But the White House says Israel has now agreed to brief humanitarian pauses in its war. NBC's chief international correspondent, Keir Simmons, joins us from Jerusalem this morning. Keir, good morning. Savannah, good morning to you. The White House is as clear as the Israelis this morning. This is not a ceasefire, but it is calling it a significant first step. And this morning, Secretary Blinken saying further steps are being discussed with the Israelis. All of this is so positive for the hostage families. But I've got to tell you, Savannah, this morning we're getting very little detail from the Israelis about these pauses. This morning, no pause in Israel's war with Hamas. Overnight, Israel releasing new video of airstrikes. Filmed from a children's hospital this morning, Israeli tanks on the streets of Gaza City. Israel's Prime Minister telling Fox News there's no ceasefire. A ceasefire with Hamas means surrender to Hamas. This explosion was next to another hospital, Al-Shifa, where Israel has said there's a Hamas headquarters. Hamas accused of using civilians as human shields, accusations denied by Hamas. The pictures there today show people killed, injured and terrified. Hundreds of thousands have been forced to flee from the north and Israel says the daily four-hour pause announced by the White House is a continuation of its humanitarian corridors. 
But for the families of Israeli hostages taken in the October 7th terror attacks, where 1,400 were killed, any pause is hopeful. Yesterday, the group holding 77-year-old Hannah Katsia and a young boy, Yagil Yakov, released a propaganda video of them, then promised to let them go. But there's no news this morning, and the International Committee of the Red Cross, which would facilitate any release, tells us it would need guarantees. Like we cannot force our way through the bullets. Jonathan Zygin believes his 74-year-old peace activist mom is held hostage too. First of all, bringing back the hostages, that's the first thing. We can't move on without it. And there are multiple diplomatic meetings underway uh, behind closed doors, Savannah. Two officials tell NBC News of a meeting in Qatar yesterday between the director of the CIA and the director of Israel's intelligence services. Again, there are going to be many hurdles, but some hope this morning for those hostage families, Savannah. All right, Kerr Simmons in Jerusalem. Kerr, thank you. To politics now, with the dust still settling from this week's Republican debate. It's full speed in the presidential race now. The first contest, there's Iowa caucuses now just over two months away. Meanwhile, on Capitol Hill, a surprise announcement from a Democratic senator that could have a major impact on both sides of the aisle. NBC's Garrett Haight covering all of it for us this morning. Garrett, good morning to you. Hey, Craig. Good morning. Yeah, we really are turning the corner now into that final sprint into the 2024 primary season. And as the Republican field gets smaller, the stakes are just getting bigger. And the party's frontrunner, Donald Trump, is showing new signs of strength against President Biden. This morning, after a major week in politics, the stakes raised for the 2024 election. Former President Trump weighing in overnight on the state of the race. Looks like we're number one in every poll. Reveling in his position as the overwhelming Republican frontrunner, which this week became even more clear, despite his rivals' attempts to gain traction in the Republican debate. Trump blasting one of them, Governor Ron DeSantis, in an interview with Univision. We're leading him by a lot, and we're leading Biden by a lot. But though recent polls do show Trump leading Biden in some swing states, it was a punishing week for Republicans, losing key seats even in red states, with Democratic voters energized over the issue of abortion. DeSantis blaming Trump for the GOP's poor showing. We have fewer governors than when he got elected president, fewer U.S. senators, fewer U.S. House members. But many GOP voters still believe it's Trump's nomination to lose. I think uh, Trump is the best candidate against Biden. Do you think he can be beaten? No. Democrats also have a new 2024 challenge, maintaining their majority in the Senate, with West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin announcing Thursday he won't seek re-election. What I will be doing is traveling the country and speaking out to see if there is an interest in creating a movement to mobilize the middle and bring Americans together. It's a major setback for Democrats and the president, as the senator is likely to be replaced by a Republican, which could tip the balance of a narrowly divided Senate in 2024. But President Biden staying positive with the growing likelihood of a 2020 rematch with Trump, Biden pushing back on recent polls that show him trailing Trump in key battleground states. Now, West Virginia is about as red as it gets, and Manchin was facing a tough challenge from the state's popular GOP governor. With Manchin out now, Republicans likely pick up one of the two Senate seats they need to flip control of that chamber. Now, what will Manchin do next? That line about looking to see if there's a movement. Will he run for president, as he's teased before? Well, a source with direct knowledge of his plans tells NBC News that right now, nothing is off the table.
Craig. All right. So we will wait and see. Our senior Capitol Hill correspondent, Garrett Haight. Garrett, thank you. Now to some key words about the state of the U.S. economy grabbing the attention of Wall Street and Main Street. Despite holding interest rates steady over the last few months, the head of the Federal Reserve now says he is keeping the door open for more interest rate hikes. The goal is to get inflation down to 2%. Right now, it stands at 3.7% after those record highs last year. So what does it mean for your wallet? Let's turn to NBC's senior business correspondent, Christine Romans. Good morning. So I think a lot of folks were kind of hoping that this pause would eventually lead to interest rates going down. And Jerome Powell, the head of the Fed is saying, not so fast. We have not broken the back of inflation just yet. That's exactly right. They're not ready to say mission accomplished on inflation. And inflation is issue number one for American families. I mean, you know, when you go to the grocery store, you're paying more for milk today than you did a couple of years ago. You're not paying as much as you did last year, but you still see these high prices. And that is a problem in the economy. The Fed chief also saying he there have been some head fakes about inflation. He doesn't want to get tricked into a few months of declining overall inflation rates and think that their work is done. So this is a Fed that is still being quite vigilant on what is really the biggest problem around American kitchen tables, which is higher prices. But it doesn't seem to be stopping the average American from spending money. So what do you make of that? Interest rates are still, you know, to your point, higher than they've been in recent years, but folks are still shelling out cash. And this has been the big riddle. Um, We've been watching consumers dig deep uh, on their credit cards or in their cash savings to buy things. Taylor Swift concerts, Beyonce concerts. Yeah. They're still buying stuff, couches and services. So the American consumer has been mighty here all along. And there are probably a lot of different reasons for that. The polls, they say they're pessimistic about the economy, but they're spending money like they're optimistic. So that's part of the riddle here overall. And the consumer is really holding up the economy here at this point. So that's something the Fed is watching as well. You don't want the economy to be too strong yeah. because then that fuels more inflation. So that's what the Fed is really grappling with here. He was trying to cool down the economy without dipping us into recession last year. Everybody smart was predicting recession has not happened yet. But we want to mention the savers. Yes. The person who likes to put that money under the mattress. Christine, it's your time. Uh, It is my time. Look, for 20 years, it's been the financial engineers who've been able to make money with zero interest rates, right? Now, this is when real moms and dads, real people can make money with their money. Putting it in a savings account? Putting it in a savings account. A high-yield savings account. Savers have been penalized for the last 20 years. Now, savers have the upper hand and borrowers do not. So I'll warn you again about that high interest credit card debt. Pay that down. Put your money into a high yielding savings account. Finally, it's the time for regular boring savers like us. Exactly. Yay for boredom. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm bullish on boredom. Thank you, Christine. Meanwhile, the FBI this morning sounding the alarm over a nationwide rise in carjackings frequently playing out. And heart-stopping scenes like this one. This was caught on camera in Chicago. The suspects there are still on the loose this morning. NBC's Maggie Vesper joins us now with the very latest. Maggie, that was quite the scary scene in Chicago. Craig, that video is so jaw-dropping to watch. And to say the family is still in shock is a massive understatement. Mom and daughter were just coming home from volleyball practice last week when that carjacking played out in their own driveway. And unfortunately, as you'll see, authorities say more and more everyone should be on alert for this kind of threat. That in mind, a quick warning, parts of this video may be tough to watch. This morning, one family's nightmare serving as a warning to drivers everywhere. 
Last Thursday night, Michelle Pettiford and her 12-year-old daughter returned to their home in Chicago when surveillance cameras caught two armed men, one in a mask, sprinting toward them. I think it went through my head like, is this, is this real? Is this really happening? see them throw Michelle down, grab her purse, point their guns at her. At one point, one appearing to hit her. Her daughter ran into the house screaming. You hear about blood-curdling screams. It's just something I'll never forget. Jeff Pettiford ran outside to help his wife. That's when he says one of the men put a gun to his head. Turns out they wanted one thing. I said, "Is where are the keys? Where are the keys? And she's screaming, in my purse, in my purse. They weren't leaving without a car. No. Jeff pointed them to his Audi with the key fob already inside, and the men drove off. Chicago police say the carjackers haven't been caught yet. The scene marking a stunning trend. New FBI data shows while most violent crime fell last year, carjackings were up 8% from the previous year, with nearly 90% of those carjackings involving a weapon. One fatal flashpoint in D.C., where investigators say an off-duty federal security officer last month shot and killed a 13-year-old who tried to carjack him. This just weeks after a Texas congressman was carjacked near the nation's capital. I looked to the left, somebody had a gun. Uh, to the right, somebody had a gun. Back in Chicago, the Pettifords, stunned to learn the problem is so widespread, are afraid to go in their own backyard. You know, home isn't like that place of comfort and safety that it once was, which is really sad. It's going to be a long road to recovery for that family. Uh, an update this morning from Chicago police. They actually tell us just yesterday, so a week after the carjacking, they found the Pettiford's car and they arrested a woman who was inside that car, they say, for misdemeanor trespassing. But remember, there were two men in that video. They say they haven't yet caught those carjackers. Craig. Oh, we hope they found him. All right. Maggie Vest before us there in Chicago. Maggie, thank you. Much more to get to, including the push to get Hollywood back on track. sag after's national board set to vote today on the agreement that's brought an end to the longest strike in the union's history. NBC's entertainment correspondent Chloe Molas is here with more. Chloe, good morning. Good morning, Savannah. While specific details about this new deal are being kept under wraps, we know that SAG-AFTRA has made what its leaders are calling a billion-dollar deal with gains on residuals and artificial intelligence protections as the TV and film industry gets ready to roll. With the stage set for Hollywood to get back to work, new details have emerged about the tentative deal reached between SAG-AFTRA and the AMPTP, which represents studios and streamers, including NBC News' parent company, Comcast. NBC News has learned from sources familiar with the contract, which will be voted on today by the union's national board, that it includes the largest minimum wage increase in 40 years, a new residual structure for streaming, and for the very first time, AI protections for members. The deal will also raise pension caps and include new guardrails around self-taped auditions. The union's president, Fran Drescher, called the proposal triumphant. It's the largest package in our industry history. Hollywood's biggest stars celebrating the end of the 118-day work stoppage. Viola Davis posting, congrats to all involved. And Kevin Bacon posting a footloose celebration of his own. With the longest actor's strike in Hollywood history over, the spotlight now on the mad scramble to get productions back up and running. 
A number of blockbuster films have already been pushed back. Dune 2, which was supposed to premiere last week, is now set to hit theaters in March. A Quiet Place Day 1 delayed from March of next year to June 2024. And Mission Impossible 8 has been bumped from June to May 2025. Meanwhile, TV's timeline for a return is sliding into next year. Cameras will probably start rolling as soon as early next week, but unlikely to see any new episodes much before January. Deadline reports Wolf Entertainment, the company behind hit franchises like Law & Order and Chicago Fire, could start production soon after Thanksgiving, but only put out just 13 episodes. That abbreviated season likely to become the new norm for network shows looking to get back on track and back on the air. Hollywood won't be back overnight, even if scripts are ready to go, because there's so much logistical planning that goes into getting these sets up and running. Plus, some actors have multiple projects, and that, that means which ones are going to take precedence first. But one of the most immediate impacts that we are seeing as this strike officially ends is that actors are already posting about upcoming projects for the very first time since July. Now, all of this hinges on the board voting on this deal, which is taking place later this afternoon. That's when the details of this deal will finally be made public and we will see those protections around artificial intelligence, the residual streaming model, yeah. and all of that we'll be able to dive into and tell everyone a little bit more. Well, that is what counts as an exciting afternoon for Chloe Malone. <laughs> That's right. We know Hundreds you're fired. Pages she loves it. Over. Chloe, Enjoy thank your you. Weekend. Thank Enjoy you. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs> Speaking of the weekend, how are we looking as we head into the weekend? For that, we turn to our guy, Mr. Roker. What's the word, sir? I know you'll be looking good. That's oh. a, a good-looking guy. But for you, let's see. If you are anywhere from Texas into the mid-Atlantic, you're looking at a little wet weather. We've got this system pushing in heavier showers and thunderstorms down to the south. This storm system is going to be part of a complex of two low-pressure systems pushing to the east with a frontal system attached to it. Heavy rain from Brownsville to Corpus Christi through today. Tomorrow, the showers will continue through the southeast. Parts of that the, the uh, uh, southern Texas will see heavy rain also through the southeast. And for the day on into Saturday, we're looking at the heaviest rain from Houston all the way down to Brownsville with showers and thunderstorms. Rest of the country today, we're going to have plenty of sunshine out west. Showers in the mid-Atlantic. Florida, you are going to be fantastic. Lots of warmth. Plenty of sunshine, but chilly as we get into the plains. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Mr. Roker, thank you. Coming up, the verdict just reached in a high-profile case against Oscar winner Robert De Niro and his production company. Stephanie Gosk is covering that one. Hey, Craig, the Oscar award-winning actor in this case with his longtime assistant. There's been a decision, something of a split decision. Both sides are declaring victory. I'll explain coming up. All right, Stephanie, thank you. And then the new definition of fast food. We're going to take you inside the booming business of drive throughs And where do you see what some of your favorite chains are now doing to make that service wow. even faster? Look at that Chick-fil-A. Look at that. But first, this is today on NBC. That was fantastic. No one knows. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops on. TVs streaming. Game console consoling. Smart thermostat set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera. Oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go. You are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet. Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film The Aviators. Now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed.
Hey guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with Chris Pine to talk about a career that has taken him from Star Trek to Wonder Woman, and now the new film he wrote, directed, and stars in called Pool Man. You can get our conversation for free wherever you download your podcasts. Uh, 7.30 Friday morning. We've got Tom Yamas joining us. It's Veterans Day today. And as you see, we, uh, we packed the plaza with some service yes. members, some veterans, some active uh, duty members from every branch yeah. of the U.S. military. The plaza is officially protected today. Yes, yes. I wouldn't try anything. Uh, We're going to get outside in just a bit and honor them in person. But we do have a busy half hour, starting with some new developments in a high-stakes legal battle involving legendary actor Robert De Niro. Yeah, a New York judge ordering his production company to pay more than a million dollars in damages to a former assistant after a jury found the company liable in a gender discrimination suit. NBC Stephanie Gosk is here with the details. Hey, Steph, good morning. Hey, Tom, good morning. Graham Chase Robinson was De Niro's go-to person for over a decade, first as a personal assistant and later as VP of production and finance at his company. As the years went by, she claims the lines between professional and personal grew blurred, while the 80-year-old Oscar winner described her allegations as nonsense. How'd it go in there today? After nine days of testimony inside a New York courtroom, legendary movie star Robert De Niro... You talking to me? ...in the spotlight off-screen. A jury finding his company, Canal Productions, liable for gender discrimination and retaliation on Thursday, ordering it to pay $1.2 million in damages to his former longtime assistant. Graham Chase Robinson had worked for The Hollywood Star since 2008. De Niro, who was also a defendant in the case, was not found personally at fault by the jury. De Niro's attorney calling the verdict a great victory for Mr. De Niro. He is absolved. He is not liable for anything that was charged against him at all. But Chase Robinson's lawyer says that's just legal semantics. To get a, a verdict against Canal Productions is functionally equivalent to getting a verdict against Robert De Niro. Robinson spent 11 years working for De Niro before quitting in 2019. Following the split, De Niro and his company filed a $6 million lawsuit against Robinson, claiming she abused her position and inappropriately used her employer's fund for her personal gain, including $5 million of De Niro's frequent flyer miles. Robinson filed a $12 million countersuit, claiming De Niro assigned her stereotypical female job duties inconsistent with her job title, subjected her to sexist comments and conduct, and paid her less than a male employee based on stereotypes. During his testimony, De Niro denied any wrongdoing and dismissed Robinson's allegations as nonsense. According to the court transcripts, the Oscar winner shouted, shame on you, Chase Robinson, from the witness stand, when asked if he ever suggested Robinson scratch his back. De Niro admitting he might have called her petulant and a spoiled brat during her employment. I think for the first time in four years, she can breathe and she can move on with her life. And Seth, you mentioned in your report there that De Niro and the production company had their own claims against Robinson. What happened with those? So she is not liable for any of those claims, and she doesn't have to return those air miles either. We reached out to De Niro's uh, attorney directly for comment and did not hear back. It's a lot of sky miles. All right, uh, Stephanie, thank you for that. Appreciate it. Thank you. Coming up, she's back at it. On Pop Start, we're going to have the highlights from Taylor Swift's overnight return to the concert stage. It only took us 34 minutes into the show to mention Taylor Swift today. First, though, Sam Brock doing what a lot of folks are doing right now, grabbing their morning coffee, grabbing their breakfast, on the go, Sam. Drafters like that one apparently are booming, huh? 
You know that feeling, no doubt, Craig, it is. We all need our caffeine fix right now. I will say this, dine in, dine out, or dine digital. How phones have changed everything when it comes to how companies, guys, are structuring their restaurants down the road. We're gonna give you a glimpse into the future. Cheers to that, coming up right after the break. If you ever needed to be persuaded that bad things can happen anywhere, then take a journey with us. From compelling mysteries to in-depth investigations, our Dateline episodes are available as podcasts. Follow Dateline NBC now to get new episodes every Tuesday. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Great storytelling with a twist from the True Crime Original. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna book club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, and could I please have any donut and raspberry and a honey drink? What? Oh, I, I'm sorry. And bigger token. Oh, well, let me try to recap the order. A crawler, two sugar pucks, a Stanley cup, large coffee with cream, a raspberry jelly donut, orange drink, and a box of five holes. Yeah. Uh, it's a great scene. Amazing. Remember Still Wayne funny. and Garth? It's yeah. so good. Yeah. I mean, there they are at the drive-thru. That's uh, our segue. 31 years yeah. after Wayne's World. Not only is the technology better, but drive-thru service has become more popular than ever. Sales exploding. NBC's Sam Brock is at a, a busy Dunkin' in North Miami Beach this morning with more on that trend. What you got, Sam? What'd you order? Yeah. Craig, guys, good morning. We're going to get to that in just a second, but it is safe to say that this is not Wayne and Gar's drive-through right now. Of course, you have the need for safety and convenience during COVID, but that has met technology and the power, as you see my options right here on this Dunkin' app, of being able to just pick your order on your phone and go. That has been a game changer, as I now am going to just hit add to order and check out. It's loading right now. I'm going to approach the Dunkin' drive-thru. It's just so simple. It's the convenience and the efficiency of this process, guys, that has made such a difference for folks. And we're going to let them know that we're here. Hi there. Good morning. Welcome to Dunkin'. Are you using the Dunkin' app today? I sure am. I'm going to come pick that up if that's okay. All right. Thank you. You can drive forward. Thank you, sir. Let's do this. So the reality, guys, is that consumers right now really just sort of crave this convenience. And they're understanding that it only takes the push of a few buttons as we pull up right here. And it is just that simple. My ice brew. Thank you so much, Strawberry. Appreciate it. It is that simple to drive now what's going on with drive throughs These days, it's hold the fries and the human contact. Post-pandemic, customers have been flocking to drive throughs like never before. It's good to order, pick it up, keep it moving. New research shows overall dine-in traffic is down almost 50% compared to 2019, while drive through service has become the meat of the business, generating around two-thirds of all revenues for quick-service restaurants. Sometimes you really don't want to leave your house, one, but 
to be able to leave your house and not get out the car helps. As Americans increasingly choose to grab and go, often with a quick click on their phone, companies are responding with app-based ordering systems, no contact pickups, and some are even closing dining rooms completely. At Chipotle, where part of the appeal used to be seeing your order put together right in front of you. This is where everything is going. Michael Rojas says the majority of the seven restaurants he oversees in Miami get the bulk of their sales through Chipotle's, where drivers order ahead online or via the app and never leave their car. Are you seeing a larger percentage of people that are utilizing the digital? Absolutely. Operation? It went from anywhere between 10 to 12 percent and has gone up to 60 percent in some of my locations. And they're not alone. The whole industry is reimagining its business model. Chick-fil-A announcing a new location in Atlanta with an elevated kitchen and four car lanes underneath for digital and drive through orders. And for a truly futuristic window, check out the Taco Bell Defy in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Where at several drive through windows, the food goes not south of the border, but south of a vertical tube after you scan your QR code. And one of America's most iconic coffee options, Dunkin', brewing up new options. Telling NBC News, drive through traffic skyrocketed during the pandemic and remains high. So they've changed to meet guests on their terms, with innovations like order ahead, loyalty programs, digital menu boards, and drive through only restaurants to personalize their visit. Basically, what we're seeing is that drive throughs are getting faster and people are relying on them more because they don't want to dine inside anymore. On social media, drive through love is real. If there isn't a drive through line, I'm not I'm not doing it. Still, even in 2023, you'll find some people craving what's now become a rarity, real human interaction. You don't really appreciate a person until you see them. I mean, Sam, that's a lot of that stuff looks really cool. What other changes could we see in the future besides what you just laid out there? So I think just big picture, Craig, what's so interesting about this is whether it is Chipotle or Chick-fil-A or Dunkin', certainly they are now structuring their restaurants, as you saw a second ago, some of them, with virtually no dine-in options. That will exist on a larger scale. But as far as just creating a portion of the sector where you are just driving in or just digital orders, that is becoming a larger and a larger percentage of what we will see moving forward. And many people just say it is more convenient. As to your original question about what I'm drinking, this is just an ice cold brew right here. I did want that white chocolate signature latte, but I just knew that I would be judged. I knew the level of grief <laughs> that Tom would be delivering yeah. if I got that. Wow. So I figured I would just play it safe and get this. You're not going Did to I escape our judgment. You yeah, now you're judgment. being judged for not getting any food. Wow. Like, yeah. not getting a buttermilk stick. Right. You know? Oh, those me, are good. They're so good. Do the wake, work, up, the wake up wraps. Yeah, or Don't maybe like worry. A, a food is not a problem cheese. for me. I will say this. Sam is Sam is going hard on that drink, though. He just yeah. ordered that. It's almost gone. <laughs> Sam, that's a lot of caffeine, dude. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, thank Sam. You, Sam. Yeah. That's how he got so tall. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's like eight feet tall. Uh, let's get another check out the way. In a tiny, tiny car this morning. Yeah. 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 What's up? It is tough in New York. It is. <laughs> yeah. You don't you. make it easy. Woo, we don't. Well, here's what's going to make this easy. The geomagnetic storm watch this weekend, a solar corona Thursday morning, is sending out lots of electronic information, this coronal mass ejection, all this energy from the sun coming toward the earth. And what does that mean? Well, we could be looking at a potential 
northern lights stretching from Bismarck, Spokane, Alpena, Caribou. So this could reach by tomorrow afternoon. Then tomorrow night, we might get a chance to see it. This moderate geomagnetic storm peaks tomorrow before midnight. Now, unfortunately, the places that really could get a good look at it will see some clouds, but it is going to be kind of cool. If you get those breaks, you'll get to see those northern lights as you look to the north away from any light pollution. Showers stretching from the mid-Atlantic all the way down into the Gulf. Mountain snows through the southern Rockies. Lots of sunshine from the plains all the way into Southern California. What is a buttermilk? You guys don't know. Well, Tom, you knew. It was. It's like it's like kind of like a bear claw, but it's a little longer. Yeah, it's, like it's almost like a, a plain glazed donut, but it's long I'm, I'm and it's it. delicious. Is there something in the middle? Uh, what? No, no, it's just like a glazed donut. Sugar okay. and dough, but it's really it's good. really good. Good you for try it. good it's, for dunking. It's not overly yeah. sweet. No. Be delicious right now. All right. Maybe we can get one. <laughs> hint, hint. Okay. <laughs> Just ahead, guys, our favorite symbol of the holiday season, the Rockefeller Center Christmas trees on the way. So before its arrival, we're going to meet the wonderful family sharing their beautiful Norway spruce with the world. Guys, we're about to have a new favorite holiday song. Sorry, Mariah, on Popstart. We've got a sneak peek at a new project from Jimmy Fallon and Megan Trainer. Okay. Plus, gather up the kids. It's going to be a sunny day here in Studio 1A when our friends from Sesame Street Swing by. They've been here in a minute. We will hang with them and got a lot more coming up for you.